Hey there and welcome to a new episode of the Alfred's House podcast. In this episode of the Alfred and Max Chronicle, our guest Max will guide us through a journey, actually his journey, through the United States of America. Because tying back to what we said last week, his journey started when at 16 years old, he came to the States after leaving Pakistan. And of course, I won't start telling you the story because we'll let Max do the dirty work for us. <laughs> well, Alfred, good to see you again. Yes, um, I can tell you my journey, how it started. After high school, I wanted to go to U.S. to become a computer science uh, graduate or a computer engineer. I was not sure which one I wanted to do. And I was not clear also on the difference between those two at that time. It was a new field. I didn't want to be an engineer. I didn't want to be a doctor. But computers somewhat attracted me, so I thought, well, this is something I'd like to do. Uh, there was not a lot of scope in Pakistan at that time. So I decided to apply in U.S. Uh, to give you a perspective, like I said once before, those times, in Pakistan especially, there were no photocopy machines, there were no computers, there were no uh, word processors. Uh, the only thing I had was maybe a typewriter, and I didn't know how to type, so I, I couldn't use that. So I wrote one letter in a very neat and clean handwriting, and I gave it to my younger brother. And I said, look, write me 19 more letters like this. I will pay you certain rupees per letter. Yeah, in the previous episode, yeah, we said yeah, five. Yeah. How much was that, just from curiosity? Five rupees. <laughs> uh, in those days, was probably like maybe a cent, you know. So but probably yeah, yeah. there was, uh, you, know, you, yeah, could, exactly. you could do for a lot. Him it was like 20 cents, which was good money for him. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he said, okay, no problem. He did that. He wrote 20 letters. All I did was, on top of the letters, I wrote the name of the universities. I got, by the way, I got the list of the universities from the American Embassy in Karachi. Because it's not like you go on the internet, online, and find out you had to go to a, a place like the American Consulate and get a list of the universities with their addresses and telephone numbers. I couldn't make phone calls because it was very costly, so I wrote these letters. And did you know some of the universities? or? No. I just did some research to find out which universities were the top universities in the world. And I applied in some of those. I applied at Berkeley. I applied in Yale. I applied at uh, gosh, UCLA. Um, but Yale was the one that attracted me because the only city I knew at that time was, Los was New York. And I wanted to be near New York. So I realized when I looked at the map that Yale was maybe an hour a little over an hour drive from New York, so I wanted to be there. So I applied in the university. They sent me the requirements, the application forms, which arrived like almost two months later by mail again. Even the post office, postman who would deliver mail to us was surprised because he had never seen letters come from U.S. and not so many of those. So he asked my mother, uh, what is this? Uh, these are the letters from the United States, like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> because remember in those days, there were no emails, there were no faxes. So for him to come in our uh, narrow street, a small house, and deliver letters from the United States was a big deal. And he would tell my mother, oh, I'm, I brought you three letters today from the United States. You should at least give me a cup of tea or something. It was like, uh, just, you know. <laughs> like a big deal anyway I filled up those forms sent them back then they asked me to take a test 
It's called TOEFL, Test of English as a Foreign Language. The requirement was 550. I scored like 625 points. I was lucky because when I was young, I went to a Catholic school. So I always uh, spoke English in school. I had a pretty good understanding of English. So that helped. And then the financial statements, my mother helped me with those. I sent them. I got accepted at Yale. They sent me an I-20, which is like an acceptance letter uh, for U.S. immigration in Karachi. I submitted to the embassy. No interview, nothing. They took my passport. Three days later, they gave me the passport back with the visa in it. And I was happy. You had the green light. Uh, I got on the plane, landed in New York. Didn't know a single person in New York. But the university had made arrangements to send limousine at the airport to pick me up. They sent limousine for all their students. In my whole life, I had never seen a big American car, let alone a limousine. The cars we see in Pakistan are Toyota Corollas and Toyota Yaris type of cars, you know, which is considered a big luxury car. Yeah. We had a Toyota Corolla, which was considered a very fancy car. So when I saw the limousine, <laughs> I was surprised. I thought, well, this is like a train, you know, it's not even a car. Well, it was <laughs> one of long ones? Yeah, or yeah, like yeah, long, a no, long a long limousine, you know. <laughs> so... I, you know, I thought maybe there will be 15 or 20 people sitting in it or it will pick up people all the way, but it was only for me, you yeah. know. So when I got in the limousine, I realized, wow, look, there's a refrigerator inside the limousine and there are other things in there, you know. For me, that was a big thing, really. I could not believe it. And I said to myself, and I've said this many times after that, oh, what a country. <laughs> so as I sat in the limousine, the guy who was driving the limousine was at least... 10 feet away from me and there was a glass partition in the middle. So I knocked on the partition and the guy rolled his window down and I said, yes, sir. I said, can you keep this partition down in case I want to talk to you? So he said, yeah, sure, why not, you know? <laughs> and I still remember as he was driving, I was looking at him, he was not changing the gears. And in my whole life, I had never seen an automatic car. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, in Pakistan, we had a car, but it was a manual transmission car, which I used to drive. So I was thinking, this guy is not changing the gears. You know, it's just driving the car in one gear. Must be straining the Must engine. Be, exactly. So I asked him, and he said, no, no, this is an automatic car. The gears change automatically. So the first thing I said was, wow, what a country, you know. Then I wanted to roll down my window. I could not find a handle to roll down the window. I asked the guy, where's the handle for the window? He said, no, just press this button. I pressed the button, and the window rolls down automatically, and I said... What a country. What a country, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got to the university. I still remember I got there in August, the last week of August, and the semester started in the first week of September. So the university was deserted. Only international students were there, but they, uh, when I got there, they received me, they assigned me a room. They gave me a meal card that I could use to go down to the cafeterias in the university and eat whatever I wanted. And... You know, coming from Pakistan, and in those days, okay, I had never seen a pizza or anything else on that matter. I knew about hamburgers, but that's about it. Okay. So it was like a completely different thing yeah, yeah. from all perspectives. From all perspectives. Not only technology, but also food <laughs> and probably even lifestyle. Everything, everything. So I still remember the first day I got in the cafeteria, and that day they were serving spaghetti and meatballs. So you get in line, you take your tray, they give you the food. And then the next station is the beverage station. They give you a cup. 
and you get your drinks that you want. So when I, get to the, when I got to the beverage station, I saw these beverage stations where you can put your cup there and drink, I mean, you fill it up with the soda. And coming from Pakistan again, and the only thing I had seen there was bottled drinks. I had not even seen cans, you know. Those glass bottles? Glass bottles, okay. exactly. <laughs> so I filled up my cup. I took a sip to make sure it's correct. And yes, it was Pepsi or Coke. I can't remember what it was. I drank the whole thing right there. And then I filled up again. So I just stood there and <laughs> drank maybe three or four glasses of Pepsi before I went to my table. Now when I got to my table, I saw the spaghetti, meatball. How do I eat it? How do I eat this? Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't have any friends. I didn't know who to ask. I was sitting alone on a table. So I looked to my right and to my left and I started looking at the people, how they were eating the spaghetti. Ah, you take this fork, you stick it in the middle, you spin the fork, whatever comes in the fork, you pick it up and you put it in your mouth, you know. So, but then eventually I mastered that art of speeding, eating spaghetti. And now that I live in Italy, I really know how to eat spaghetti. So that's, these are the kind of things that happen. I mean, even little things, Alfred, like I walked into my room, uh, and I turned the light on, go from bottom to top. The, the switch. The switch. And, oh, this is strange. Someone has put the switch backwards here because I was used to of the switches going from top to bottom. Oh, in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah, in Pakistan. A British, British way of doing things is, you know, top to bottom. It makes more sense. So then I thought someone has made a mistake in this room and put the switch backwards. When I got in the hallway, I saw a whole bunch of switches all the same way. And I still thought the guy who worked in this building must not know the rules. He has put all these switches backwards. Then when I got to my classroom, I saw the same thing. Then I realized, okay, no, no, this is Maybe, America. Yeah. This is different, you know. What a country. Again. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you yes. one thing. Um, the first time that you came there and came in the limousine, mm -hmm. did you ever see America, not necessarily in person, of course, but maybe in a movie or in a picture or something before entering the country? Well, yes, when we were young, uh, when I was in Pakistan, we used to get some television shows. Remember, in those days, the accessibility of television was different also. We did not have Netflix. Of course. We did not have Amazon Prime. We did not have internet. We had only one television channel, which would come on at 6 p.m. and finish at 11 p.m. Only one channel. You didn't need a remote control. You want to watch, you watch. You don't want to watch, you turn it off. That's it. You know? And was it in color or black and white? Uh, well, it was in... Uh, 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 I remember when I was young, it was black and white. But when I became a teenager, when I was 12 years old, we, had, we started having color transmissions. The only American program we used to have was CHIPS. CHIPS. California Highway Patrol. Okay. And, uh, well, there were two or three other programs also, but this is the one we used to watch and six million dollar men. So my impression of America was only these two programs. And my father used to watch Ironside. Michael Ironside was the actor. There's a program called Ironside. It's a good program also. But that was the only exposure I had of America and nothing else. Because we didn't have YouTube, didn't have internet, didn't have any other way of no watching. No ways anything. even to find pictures. Exactly. I mean, you don't have like people coming back from the States and bringing you postcards. Exactly. Didn't have any on that. So didn't have any knowledge. I knew about Levi's 
I knew about Coca-Cola, but you know, my knowledge was limited. So when I went to US, it was quite interesting. So now let's uh, flash forward, flash back onto the university story. Mm. That was your first day. And uh, you went in the cafeteria and mm. learned two things, the food mm. and the drinks. Yeah. Were there any things that caught your eye or were completely different in that specific venue, let's say? Well, first of all, I could not believe that you could drink as much Pepsi as you want. <laughs> really, hmm. for me, it was amazing. So um, a week after I was in U.S., I called my brother in Pakistan. My brother was nine years old or ten years old. So he said to me, he asked me, Max, tell me something interesting about that country, about USA. I said, well, you know, they have taps of Pepsi. And he was shocked. Taps, you can drink as, as much as you want? I said, yeah, you can drink as much as you want. And the first thing out of his mouth was, what a country. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I mean, in those days, it was quite interesting. Okay. And did you have problems or were the lectures and the lifestyle in the university pretty smooth? How was it there? Well, one thing I must say that I was prepared for the English part because I learned English in my uh, junior school, in my uh, primary school, all of that from the very beginning since I was five years old. So English was not a problem. Teachers were nice, the students were friendly and uh, didn't have any issue, really. Great. And you've been there for several years. I mean, you started when you were 16 and left towards... Uh, well, I didn't really leave, but I moved to Dubai uh, almost 10 years ago. And I lived in Dubai from 2010 to about 2018. So you must have seen different, uh, let's say, um, time periods of the states. Yes, yes, yes. And did you notice any difference between these time periods? Do you want to maybe explain? Big, big difference, big difference. America in the 80s was, I mean, I tell you, just a fantastic place. I mean, you couldn't think of crime or gangs or drugs or maybe they were there, but they were, no so, no, they were not so visible. There was no racism. There was no big divide between the whites or the blacks or the Hispanics or the Chinese or any, any nation. They were all, everybody was enjoying life. It was, it was very nice. Now, when I go there, there are so many legal requirements uh, for, uh, you know, to prevent racism and to do things. It's, it's different. It's not the same. So it's as if uh, before the 80s, mm -hmm. there was improvement. Then... Yeah it sloped back down before the 80s life was simpler simpler okay people in my opinion i'm an old man so i can say that people had better moral values then than now of course probably um people were more of their word they yes, would keep promises yes, yes, and everything yes. i remember later on even after i graduated where i was living in a neighborhood and i was living in a house uh, as a student and the landlord would be embarrassed if he parked his car in front of the house and his car was dirty, he would say, you know what, I gotta wash this car because what the neighbors will think. And if he did not mow his grass for 10 days, he would be embarrassed. Oh my God, I have not cut my grass. What the neighbors are gonna say. And this is how the other neighbors also talk. So everything was everything clean was and exactly. perfect. Yeah. You cared about other people, you respected other people. 
There were no drive-by shootings, there were no school shootings, nothing like that, you know. Not like the way it is now. Okay, so, but would you still recommend people to go to the States? Yes, 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 100%. There's no place like America in the world. Okay. The entire world is the same except America. Okay, so there's still a huge oh, distinction. Big difference, big difference. I live in Italy now. I've been to 54 different countries. There are similarities everywhere, but America is totally different. Okay. I still say the same thing. What a country. And uh, could you go more in depth with this? Like, do you have like some differences between the countries that really caught your eye? Something that really makes the U.S. unique? See, first of all, in U.S., you know, uh, there's a lot of freedom. You can do whatever you want to do. Literally, as compared to Italy, where I live right now, or other countries I've been to, or even my home country, Pakistan. If it wasn't for U.S., I wouldn't be a pilot, I wouldn't be a golfer, I wouldn't be a cigar smoker. All of this happened because I was there, because I had access to all this, easy access, cheaper access, and uh, it was convenient. Something that you don't find too much exactly. in, the in, in the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, yes. yeah. Okay. And um, people are easygoing. Um, dressing, fashion, everything is different. You really have to live there to experience that. You know? I mean, something I noticed that I can say for, I've been, I've been living in Italy for a lot of years now. Italy is pretty traditional. And of course, U.S., I think, is the most um, forward-visioned uh, country out there. I don't know if that's a word, but um, it's like whatever the U.S. does, the rest of the world follows. Very simple. I mean, the whole world follows the trends from U.S., whether from the Hollywood, from the music industry, even vocabulary. The Americans come up with a slang in Hollywood, and it becomes part of the dictionary. So that's how it works. I mean, even financial crisis. Yes. I mean, if the U.S. goes bad, the rest of the world does too. They say if the U.S. sneezes, the world catches a cold. Wow, okay. Powerful. And um, how were your, because you said that in the 80s, maybe even in the 90s, things were really good. But how did you notice that things weren't doing so well? I mean, how was the situation when you left? Did you well, leave? Uh, okay, well, sorry. Um, how was the situation when you left? Well, I didn't really leave. I still go back uh, every year or two. But uh, when I was living there in the 80s, uh, there was no proliferation. I don't know for lack of a better word of drugs. Okay, uh, like so like be, being very diffused, like yeah, a, a it was, common. It was, it was not very common. Okay, in the 90s or in the late 80s, when these things started spreading, you know, uh, from South America, TV shows like Miami Vice came on the surface. From that time onwards, it became almost glamorous to uh, do these things. And uh, that somewhat led to uh, some decay in the society. People thought uh, being a drug dealer or selling drugs or becoming rich, doesn't matter how you do it, is more important than being the morally moral, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So from that time onwards, uh, things started going in the wrong direction. 
Okay, so it's mostly the drugs that made drugs. Things. Drugs brought in crime. Drugs brought in money that was not earned working hard. All of that, you know, combined, uh, you know, created bad elements in the society. Let's say that that was the key, the route to yeah, in my opinion, yes. the decay. Yeah. And that uh, even those small things, like the as you said, the um, the landlord that was. Um, Afraid of leaving the the garden not cured, yeah. taking care of the car yeah. dirty, yeah. those small things yeah. started yeah. Uh, Going becoming away. like yeah. secondary. Yeah, exactly right. And what made you leave the states? I mean, of course you didn't leave, but you moved to Dubai. First. Well, I was married. I had two kids, and then I got divorced. I was living single, alone, and uh, you know when you're married, you have a different social life. Uh, when you get divorced, you kind of cut off that social life also because those friends are uh, combined friends of your wife, ex-wife, and yourself. So you don't visit them anymore. You try to make new friends. You don't live in the same town. You try to live in a different town. So eventually, it just, uh, you know, it took its toll on me, and I wanted to leave and go somewhere else. You felt that you had no more a reason exactly to, be, to there. be there. Exactly. And the way it was an attractive place. I had a very good job, a very good job offer, so I moved to Dubai. Was it still, of course, a job regarding piloting planes? It was related to aviation, but not piloting planes. It was more like chartering, selling air charters, um, and things like that. Okay. And for the ones who are really curious, we will also dedicate an episode completely to Dubai just as we yes did. yes we should there's a lot to talk about of Dubai. course so going back to also what you said previously you also uh, said that America is completely different from the other countries so does this mean that you would recommend people to go toward the states would you think that it is a valid place to maybe for the people my age to go on exchange or go to study abroad or for the ones who are working somewhere moving on and I mean moving over to a completely different country like the states absolutely absolutely see if you go as an exchange student from Italy to France or Germany or Malaysia or Singapore for a couple of years or even for six months you might not learn as much because there are a lot of similarities but when you go to a country like US you will be exposed to a lot of things you will learn a whole lot more you will learn a different culture different way of thinking Okay, and uh, how people uh, articulate things over there, how they move forward, what is their way of thinking. It just opens you to many new ideas and many new ways of thinking. Okay, and uh, of course, do you think that these things that um, living in America can teach you are valid skills and experiences to also apply, let's say, in other areas of life? Absolutely, absolutely, okay. Americans, in general, are good salespeople. Okay. And why is that? Well, this is how they are. If they want to sell something, they will go all out to make sure that they provide the best customer service. Jeff Bezos of Amazon is successful not because he's a genius, but because he believes in customer experience. He believes the customer is always right, especially when they're wrong. And uh, because of that... They are successful. McDonald's, uh, all these examples there in front of you are because of their marketing skills. 
And an average American is a good salesperson. Okay. And this is not something in, that you can find in other countries? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> not in Italy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max, is there anything else that you want to talk to us about regarding the States before wrapping up? Well, I, like I said before, I would say the same thing again. I highly encourage, especially to our young listeners, I don't know what kind of um, listening base you have, but especially to the younger audience, that you must go to America at least once in your life. And at a younger age, it's probably better, maybe as an exchange student, or maybe as a student for a couple of years, and you will learn a lot. You will, you will see things differently. And when you come back to your home country, Believe me, you will see things differently. Okay, I think that's some great advice. I mean, I also, that I've never been to the States, after just hearing you talk about them, I feel that I should just hop on the next flight. And one more thing I want to add on is uh, don't look at the American political landscape, whether it's Trump or Biden or Obama or Bush. It doesn't really matter. All, most of the Americans are genuinely nice people welcoming people, friendly people, okay? Uh, racism is everywhere. You'll find this in Australia, you'll find this in Austria, you'll find this in Poland, you'll find this in Germany, you'll find this everywhere. Yeah. But overall, an average American is a decent guy. They have decent moral values. Okay, that is also reassuring. The reason I'm saying this is if tomorrow Trump becomes a president again, don't be discouraged. It's not going to change the country or the people. They are still the same old good people. Okay. So for the ones who still want to go to the States, this is even more reassuring because they might not be incentivated to go because of some political reason. Yeah. And they shouldn't be yeah. because nothing changes. Yeah. It's not like that. Okay, Max. I thank you so much for being here today. And guys, this closes today's episode. As usual, I hope that you learned something new today. And feel free to send me any possible questions that you may have regarding today's episode on one of my two social media accounts, which you can find down below in the description. And also, if you have any questions for Max here, feel free to send them to me and I'll address them to Max to get you a proper answer. So from Alfred and Max, this is all. And we'll be seeing you in the next episode of the Alfred and Max Chronicle.